Hi, my name's Ian Beaton. You're about to listen to everyday people from differing backgrounds, but with one thing in common, a story. A story of adversity, a story of inspiration, a story of laughter, sometimes a story of sadness, or simply a story to make you think. I believe everyone has a story. I also believe that story should be shared. Welcome to So What's Your Story? So uh, on today's show, I have Vinny Protestivo. I might have pronounced, did I get that good, Vinny? Nailed it, yeah. nailed it. <laughs> two points out of the gate already. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And Vinny is uh, based in New York, yeah? I am. I am born and raised in Staten Island, living in Brooklyn. I live in a little place uh, north of England called Nutsford, okay? It's spelt K-N-U-T-S-F-O-R-D. So a lot of people say Knutsford. And just to give you a little bit of history on that straight away, many, many moons ago, uh, in, in, in medieval times in the UK, this little place where I live was called Knutsford after King Knut. Oh. So there we go. Here's a little history on Staten Island. Yeah. As it's told, the folklore, as it's told on the island, uh, immigrants coming over to the, to the Statue of Liberty. They've been looking at Manhattan, Manhattan, that beautiful island. They've had their eyes on it. They see Liberty yeah. Island, and then they turn to the left. Yeah, and they see another one over there, and they go, "Eh, hey, Staten Island." <laughs> And so that's how. <laughs> <laughs> and so it is. Yeah, cool, cool. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually from, not from Cheshire. I'm from another place which my, my former American colleagues used to always sort of make me laugh when they said this. So I'm from Leicestershire. I'm from Leicester. And they always used to say, oh, is that the same as Leicester? Because it's spelled L-E-I-C-E-S-T-E-R. So yes, Leicester, but Leicester. Anyway, yeah, however, we tomato, tomato. Welcome to <laughs> welcome to So Watch Your Story, Vinny. And um, your story, I mean, I'm going to give an, a, 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 a potted introduction and I, I'm probably not going to do this justice, so please help me out at the end. But Vinny uh, Potestivo is a Emmy Award-winning media advisor, creator and economist. And Vinny's motto is inspire, impact, ignite, which I love. I love that, Vinny. Thank you. You've worked with Ashton Kutcher, Jessica Simpson, uh, Kelly Osborne, and many, many more. You've done a ton of TV and multimedia. And um, you've also worked with brands like Samsung, Nikon, Macy's, and many, many more. Vinny, if I couldn't big you up any more than that, I don't know how I possibly could. <laughs> but I don't know whether I've done you justice on that intro. So... Vinny, if you're comfortable just giving us a little bit of history about yourself and then perhaps start your story wherever you want to start it from. Oh, God. Well, the cool thing about, about hearing you state those names, those brand names, I just I think of myself uh, and my family, no one in the industry being told, you know, there's no way to break in. There's no way to, to get in. There's, find a different career path. And, and as you're listing some of these people that have, have like changed my life, um, I think that have changed a lot of our lives, whether through entertainment or through or through the scale of economy. Um, it's what an honor to get to say I've surrounded myself with those people. I take no credit for yeah. any of their success, but man, I work so hard to be surrounded by talent because as a kid, I was told, you know, Vinny, you're going to get in trouble. You're, you're the sum total of the five people you hang out with. So I thought, okay, as an adult, then I'm going to change that. I'll make sure I hang out with the super most talented people 
and and we'll see how that goes. And I'll tell you, it was a it was a good strategy. It worked out well. <laughs> it, it worked so, out it well. It sounds like it, it sounds like it did. So so where did the, where did that journey begin then, Vinny? Because I can totally relate with that. I mean, I remember as a kid, I had aspirations of being an actor, a, a performer. Uh, I did a little bit of uh, 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 performing arts schools. Uh, and and then I was sort of told, you know, Ian, look, you know, you really need to get a real job, you know. So, where did that sort of transition for you uh, start and then make you realize that actually, you know what, I can do this? Yeah, it's funny. The real the real job comment zings, man. Like, what a zinger. Especially, especially as someone who identifies as a creative or as a creator, and, ha- and as someone who creates output and and ident- and I claim that in my identity. Um, it's it, what how triggering it can be to hear. You know, what a small project or or a side project. You know, because people can't wrap their heads around it. I, you know, um, the short answer is unfortunately, uh, like most of us. Unfortunately, like most of us, I had a childhood that impacted my superpowers. Um, I learned how to be an empath because I had people around me that weren't giving me uh, emotional signals. So I learned how to read in between the lines, which is far better than than saying, you know, if the light turns green in two seconds, <laughs> then it's meant to be. So I learned <laughs> not to look for external signals, right? I learned I learned to read okay. internal signals. Um, I was I was yeah. really. Um, angry and embarrassed as a child. Um, I'm the oldest of four growing up and we were uh, super low class and had uh, food stamps and like all the embarrassing sort of things, mile markers that you sort of hear mm. about in, in the 80s and 90s, here at least uh, in the States of, of ways that uh, just the socioeconomic division happens, you know, at that level. So I learned... To work really hard to be friends with people quickly, which was a great super skill for me in casting. I mean, what a great way to get to truly love and connect with people because I I genuinely come from a place of compassion and and, and wanting to understand. I don't need to agree. I don't even probably, I'm probably not going to agree. I'm from Staten Island. It's a weird little island, by the way, if you know anything about its political affiliations or social affiliations. It's a very strange little island that has its own little... (laughs) <laughs> set of of truths, you know, and and facts don't change, but truths do. And, and I think when I realized that certain adults that were telling me I was never going to be able to do that, I actually knew what to do when someone told me no. If someone told me yes as a kid, I'd be like, well, now what? <laughs> now I got to. Now I'm going to do it. Now I can't have it. I, I I felt like I couldn't have anything, so I learned to find the nose, so I could almost. Mm. There's like fortitude in there, you know. Like I could do it. It gives me consent to do it my way once someone tells me no. And as a creative, I love that. And does that still apply now? The reason I ask that question is the reason. The reason I ask that question is, I I mean, Vinny, I feel like I've met you before because this is just like surreal. Because my journey too, from a very humble background, where you know the kids around me, they had the nice clothes and the trainers and everything else. And, and, and I, you know, my family, they always put food on the table and we always we always had a, a relatively good standard of living. But if I really wanted something, I, I had to go and work my ass off. I had my first job, paid job when I was 14, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and when, I, I just want to know if that, if, that, if that no factor carries through your life because I was exactly the same. If somebody said to me, Ian, that can't be done. That was like, that was like, real challenge to me like 
why? And I'd find a way to do it, you know? Yeah. And it's the same now when somebody says, oh, Ian, come on, you're a little bit, you're a little bit left field here, dude. You know, that, that, that really can't be done. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, ooh, there goes the chance. And is that, is that the same with you still now, Vinny? Oh, my Vinny? gosh, absolutely. I mean... <laughs> It's when when people you know it's a weird sort of colloquial thing to say, but when people say you don't 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 reinvent the wheel, I literally have this button in my head that clicks on that says why not? I know a couple <laughs> of people have reinvented the wheel since the wheel was invented, and it seems to have worked out for them. I'm looking at rockets getting tossed into space. I'm looking at 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 at, at mechanics being the size of fingernails or smaller. The wheel has been just a mobile, reinvented. Just a mobile phone, right? Yeah, just a mobile right? phone. That's an, it. an Apple Watch, yeah, you know. That's, that's the new. That's and 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 you're going to tell me don't reinvent the wheel because in your capacity of seeing my possibility, you can't see what's capable or possible. I don't know why. Yeah. I think I had this greater um, tap into the. You know, I talk about abundance, and I and I, I really truly believe so much more is out there because I had to. As a kid, I had mm. to. I, I it was my way out. um, I learned to not want anything um, and to be a people pleaser and to make other people's dreams come true because I had siblings. And as the oldest of four at that point, I can do anything for my two, my brother, my brothers and my sister. And I could do things that my parents, I didn't even know this. I thought I could do things that my parents couldn't do. I was just doing things that, that they, they weren't capable of doing because of the situation that was happening with drugs or relationship or yeah. you know, those, those choices we don't have, you know, control over. Yeah. And, um, and I'm so lucky. It was my sister and my brother. They're born in 85, 84 millennials. <gasps> this are, this is my audience. When I got to, when ultimately, ultimately <laughs> I get nervous. Think, I get nervous saying this sometimes, but there was something that happened to me in college. Um, there was this moment. I went to a class actually. It was one weekend. It was the biggest weekend of my life. <laughs> I went to this class and they told us that we're, we're innately bad storytellers and that like the version of our story, it's no fault of our own. And at this point there was no internet. So there was no idea of like fake information or bad information. There was just like what I was told and I took it as reality. And as many of us, I'm 45. So anyone who could relate in my age demo or older who were told something as a child and then 23 and me comes out and all the, you know, all these new technologies come out and we realize what we were told then, although albeit maybe from a good place, wasn't true. <laughs> I, I knew that. I knew that parents were capable yeah. of lying and, and not on purpose and not intentionally, but lying to themselves and believing that that was true. I went to this class. I learned that we're bad storytellers. I called everyone in my family and came out that weekend, that Friday. I came out to every, I called everyone. I, need, I needed to release that pressure. It was nothing they had put on me. I realized I had completely, I had an, I had an amazing experience coming out to my family. And, um, <laughs> and I love my grandmother. She was always so mad at the people who told me to call her. She's like, I'm so mad they told you to call me. You didn't need to call me. I go, Graham, but, but I, didn't, I didn't think I did either. But like, what a, what a, what a relief. It's like, what? I'm like, oh my gosh, I was going to, well, I'll tell you this. My grandma had this amazing saying, you know, my grandma's Sicilian one. Her, her, her phrase was go take a shit. Whether it was good or bad, it was like relieve the pressure or go be human. Like what? she could use that phrase in any way. So I remember having this conversation. Say that again. Say that again. What was the go, phrase? What was the oh, phrase I dropped my point. <laughs> it's uh, go take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know how to, I dropped my voice because I was nerv- I got embarrassed to say that word. But, you did, you did drop but that's voice. what it is. So now you want me to say it again? Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that's what my grandma would say. But I would come home, Grandma, I got 100 on my test. Do you have any? Go take a shit. Grandma, I got 65 on my test. I'm not going to pass. I'm going to fail. You have any? Go take a shit. This idea that like we're just human. It's a cycle. I loved it. <laughs> Sorry for cursing, by the way. I hardly I, and, I struggle and, cursing. You see it happening. No, no, no. Vinny, Vinny, I love my this grandma show, for that one. I don't though. I edit my but, voice because our words matter. <laughs> uh, but uh, isn't that interesting that you know <sighs> time? You know, some of some of my listeners are are, are, are in in a generation where you know they're like. What, what was the problem? What, what was the problem then? But, yeah. you know, in, in that era, I'm, yeah. I'm a little older than you, okay, a little, a little older than you, but certainly in that era, we didn't talk about those subjects. And, mm-hmm. and you know, and, and if, 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 you know, so so how did that, you know, you say you picked up the phone, it was liberating, everybody was, you know, did it, did it, did it feel like, were you letting go of, uh, of something which was internalising, almost like, an invisible heavy bag over your shoulder? Did it feel great and, and, and just... How did it feel, Vinny? Oh, it, it you know, um, it's, it's weird to say this word, and it comes up a lot, especially in the um, LGBTQ community and path to coming out. Uh, pride, you know, pride is a, is a sin. So I want to point that out first and foremost, that it, you, if you believe in that subscription, if you understand the ideology behind that... Um, it was, I was pride. It was, it was, I felt this moment and this is ego. This is where I realized, and this is, I'm not saying this is um, a good thing or a bad thing. This just is how I'm perceiving what I went through is my ego was at war with myself on one millisecond. My ego was saying, you are not worthy. The, these people don't no. see you the same as them. By the way, I didn't have the same rights. Uh, I didn't, I couldn't have the same dreams because uh, same sex marriage wasn't something that, was ever even yeah. remotely talked about, let alone taught, or I had no clue that was yeah. coming by that. I, I learned about my, I learned about sex during the ten years uh, in America that between with AIDS and what Reagan did to sensationalize yeah. the conversation. So I had a lot of shame yeah. associated with that. This the sense right. of pride that I got. You know, it's weird to say this. That's when I doubled down on. I love how you you nailed my last name. My grandmother is the matriarch of my family. Obviously, well, not obviously, but she is not the person who gave us the Potestivo name. My grandfather did. When they got divorced, she kept it. And she kept it because she had seven children that also had that name and all of us grandchildren who's a lot of, a lot of guys in the family. So we had the name. Um, I was proud <laughs> to be a Potestivo again. And I actually had, a, I had a, an aunt who had come out also who I was able to relate to. So we talk about like not having the conversations. The, the words weren't even around. So like... You know, the, the, yeah. to be honest, um, there's some conversation around the fact that when the, uh, I, yeah, there's a lot of people who say where the word actual homosexual shows up for the first time in literature. Um, I've heard conversations where it's first noticed in a, the King James version of the Bible. So that's the first mm-hmm. time where this word starts to exist. So for the thousands or hundreds of, uh, hundreds of thousands of years before that, did it exist? Sure, but was there a word for it? No. Hey, by the way, I'm gluten. I'm gluten intolerant. Ten years ago, my doctor told me I had IBS. You know, did did he? The words weren't around then, and yeah. that's what you talk about with time. Time, and I believe in that. And 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 because I think of my childhood, where where I thought so deep into the future of where I wanted to be, 
I still do that. I still find myself consciously envisioning where I want five, 10 years. And I'm making decisions today to have the relationships that I need right now to be where I, I want to be five, 10 years from now. And I, I know how much mm. work that's going to take. 25 years ago, I did it at MTV. I was so lucky to be at MTV. Yeah. By the way, so, I, this, so, so, so in the same weekend that I release this guilt and take on this new pride, right, of my own sexuality. I changed the spelling of my name from Vinny with a Y to Vinny with an I-E because I heard I-E in French and Italian it means it's feminine. So now I, have, now I have a way to send a signal, a secret signal out to people who might know, might be able to see it, even though I have to be careful because <laughs> I have no protection. And then they told me to come home, and this is what made me so mad. I wanted to be a casting director. I wanted to be surrounded by talent. They said, Vinny, all you have to do is just live in the future. If you say you're a casting director, then you are. And I was so mad. I came home and I was like, they just helped me get over this huge pressure of lying to myself and everyone else. And now they want me to take on a whole new lie, say that I'm a casting director and I don't even have, like, I don't even know what that means. There's no way I am going to be I'm not setting myself up to lie another 10 years about myself. There's no way. But that night, I found Backstage, a magazine that gives out uh, uh, its auditions for people who aren't represented. And I took out an ad for $20. And I said, I'm looking, I'm an ca- upcoming casting director looking for upcoming talent who are looking for work. Send me your headshots if you'd like to be considered. One Campus Road, Student Box 577. Like, I didn't know what I didn't know. I just said, I'm a person. I'm, this is what I want to do. I got 700 submissions. I was on the hook. What? <laughs> I got 700. No it was like Santa Claus at Miracle on 34th Street moment with the UPS bins. But I was like 700, and they sent it to my school. So I, I didn't feel like I was scamming anyone because I, I never, you know, at first the thing, you know, first imposter syndrome kicks in. Oh my gosh, they think I'm like Spielberg. <laughs> and then I'm like, but they sent it. <laughs> they sent it to student box 577. Like it says, there's no part of this that makes it look like I'm not a student. Yeah. And I called yeah. them. I had a job at the computer center. So I, I went to Microsoft Excel and Access and I built out what is now a database of talent. And um, I had some, I knew how to wire VCRs together and make dubs of, of tapes to VG. Those, those hard skills are what got me into the door. And the, the, that, that software, Excel, and, and meeting people that I didn't know, that act, all that together is what helped me get into and break into quickly this industry. And when MTV was ready in the late 90s to create a talent development department, they didn't need a master caster. <laughs> they needed someone who could organize hundreds of people and data points. And at that point, we were doing shows like like want to be a VJ, like nationwide contest, hundreds of thousands of people. And I loved it. I loved, I had no problem yeah. keeping that yeah. integrity down and, and, and making, making things happen for those people. That was exciting. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of things, there's a couple of things that I really want to pick up on, Vinny. Please, um, first, let's do it. <laughs> first, first, That's first, my first, onion. Pull it back. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it. I love it. So, um, fir- firstly, um, uh, the dreaming, the visualization, as we now sometimes call it, the, the, the sort of going there in your mind to see what is available to us. Mm. But the important thing there is a lot of people dream, okay, but they only dream. And a dream is nothing without action, right? Mm-hmm. So you dreamed, you dreamed this, you had this vision, 
you didn't know how you were going to get there. And then you go and drop this advert in a magazine. And then before you know it, boom, right? But then what I, what I also picked up on is something that very, very early on in this session you said, which is you're highly emotionally aware of others. Um, and that is something which is through the business community now, a lot of companies are saying, okay, we've got all this top tier management with all these amazing qualifications and university degrees and everything else. But we need people who understand people. We need people with high levels of EQ, emotional intelligence. And I don't think you can teach that. I really don't. I think it's a gift. I think it's a gift. And when I'm listening to you talk about your childhood and your journey and this dream and this vision and then this this advert, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I get a real sense that you are a very, very highly charged EQ person. You can probably walk in a room a little bit like myself and you can pick out individuals and you can sort of know straight away whether there's going to be a connection, whether these people are perhaps in a little bit of a, a, a place where they're, where, they're, where they're struggling a little bit or, or, or maybe, in, maybe in a more intimate environment you can have be in a, a dinner table and you can sort of, people start to tell you things that they wouldn't now normally <laughs> tell other people. Is, is that mm-hmm. fair of me to make that assumption? Oh, oh! You just described the twenty years that I worked in, in unscripted reality television, casting housewives, <laughs> <laughs> and all. Yeah, a thousand percent. And and I and by the way, with great responsibility that I step into into that into that uh, because there were conversations that I had with people that I did not move forward to the, to certain networks because I realized that. To be honest, because of my positioning at MTV early on and where 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 unscripted TV kind of exploded from. That as it came out of MTV and as MTV expanded into a global brand, so I, I helped write the SOPs for talent development, not just for in America, but for MTV UK, MTV Polska, MTV Tres, uh, MTV wow. Desi. I mean, I, I helped I helped MTV expand a global product, which which ultimately stems from from local pop culture, and all of it is about people. When you yeah. even started talking about envisioning my future. Sometimes people like they go to the beach, they go to the moon, they have like a, a location for some reason. And I try so hard to pick a place first. There's always people there. It's, it's a black, it's black. And then it's a black slate. It's a white <laughs> slate. It's a clean slate. And then there's people and then the plate and then everything fills in. It's always been about people for me. It's, I, I, I'm so lucky that I had that instinct to trust People, because that is what makes you a collaborator in this creator economy. And the creator economy just means working with creators, whether you are one or identify as one or are not, don't identify as one, but need to work with one, right? The, the, the more trust we have yeah, between people, the, more, the, the better those collaborations mm. come into play. Do you think that that can sometimes be a curse, though? Because, because you know, I, I have a similar personality. I mean, I'm in, I'm in touch with with people's emotions and everything else, and and, and I almost have this. Um, uh, uh, no, that's I don't want to say it like that, but almost like if I know someone's troubled, I'll try and help them fix the problem. And so, and sometimes, and I can't be everything to everybody, right? I can't be because if I, if this tank empties completely, what's left for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And somebody said to me recently, in order to be the best version of yourself for somebody else, you have to be the best version of yourself for you first. 
you know. So, Vinny, when you're in, when you're in this, you know, fast-paced environment and, you know, it's ping, 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 and can you just help me and the listeners understand how you process that so that mm. you aren't taking all of that internally and then worrying, getting down, uh, you know, trying to fix everything. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, all at once, right? All at the same time, too. Yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah. twofold. The first the first part of that answer is time. There's so many things that I say, and I wait one second, and I'll say yet or now. You know, <laughs> like ah, we didn't win yet. Okay, cool. Ah, we just won now. <laughs> and I'm very very aware of of the very of the present. I it's I don't want to say I don't live in the present, but I don't make decisions for the present. I make decisions for the future. When I'm when I'm casting a show now, I'm thinking about how is this show going to impact humanity in the future and I can point you to stars, especially even on MTV that are still defining helping define the youth generation and get, empower them in ways. So for first and foremost it's time. Mm. Um, I have an annual content strategy every single month. I have one specific word that I focus on. I drill down on, I, I try to, to expand around this idea. If I tried to do that with 12 words, yeah. I would go crazy. And I also yeah. can't learn and do that action that you talked about, which is share. If I, and that's the number for me, that that share is the number one action. If we dream and I create something and action doesn't allow me to share it with you. If I have an idea for a show, I got to write it on a piece of paper so I can share it with you. So you can share that with your boss. And that's how the show gets bought. Mm -hmm. If I meet you and I want to cast you as a TV show host on something, I do a talent one sheet on you. By the way, which I learned in school, fonts matter, the size matters, the photo, all of that matters because that's representing you. It's the yeah. weirdest thing to say, you know, when, when you look at, you know, when you look at Ian, you're like, ah, is he like, a, is he a sans serif kind of guy? Or do, like, what kind of font do you think? I, I really put that much energy <coughs> excuse me, wow. into the representation yeah. of people because I know that that paper is going to be tossed around from room to room and time changes, but that, that paper needs to stand the test of time. It needs to be consistent. It needs to be able to show you're funny or empathetic or, or have photos in there. So, so time is the, first, is the first part of it. Also, if I didn't get it right in October 2022, I got October 2023. And you know how I know that? Because I had 25 years before that that I've been doing this in. And every year I try to yeah. meet new people. And every year I make sure I try to drill down and have more meaningful, deeper relationships with the people I was blessed to get to work with. Because when I worked at MTV in the 90s, I mean, I, it was television. It was the only way to go live. And we had a show called Total Request Live that was live five days a week, 3.30 to 4.30. Everyone knew if you came to the studio at that time, there was a possibility to go live. Like Mariah Carey showed up with like a, a, a popsicle cart. Uh, Puffy P. Diddy used to show up during <laughs> three, unannounced because that was the only way to go live. I, I learned how to create content with some of the best storytellers in our economy who had to go through television 25 years ago to be seen and be heard. And we don't need that anymore. And that's what I get really excited about with, with podcasting and what we're doing here. Mm. So all that, all that to say time. Yeah. Time is a thing that really I don't, in a development meeting, it's ingestion. Then once a month, I make a decision on what projects stay or not. But I'm not, I don't try to make that decision the second it comes in. 
I have too much momentum with other projects. I have to see what stands the test of time. And and having systems, having a a development slate with 10 projects, two on the back burner Mm -hmm. allows me to prioritize things Mm -hmm. without feeling Mm -hmm. lost or out of control of my own projects. Mm. That's really interesting, Vinny. That, that's 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 an amazing insight, and I, I really relate to that. It's like incredible. One one thing that you did say is storytelling, and right, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'm known I'm known for my storytelling. Um, but um, I think you know the, the pre- premise of this 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 podcast is everyone has a story. I say that in my intro, right, and and I think you know I just think those stories should be shared and. Some people can tell a story really, really well, and some people tell the same story, and it sounds as flat as a pancake, and it's boring. Um, but one thing, one thing that that that, that I, I wanted to um, uh, explore with you is we live in we live now in this in this world where I certainly didn't grow up with it. You know, that the, there was a mobile. I didn't. There was there wasn't mobile phones, and there was no. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Twitter—you know all of the all of these social media outlets, which are just fast, 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 boom, 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 boom. Now, of course, within the, within that fast pace, we have celebrities, and we have some uh, rising uh, 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 people who are becoming more and more popular and followers and everything else. But would you agree that there seems to be a undercurrent now? where people are looking for more authenticity. They're looking for the real people. They're, they're kind of like getting a little bit tired of the veneers that are, that are being portrayed all the time, this per- perfect world, which actually we all know is BS. It doesn't exist. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Vinny? Uh, do I think that people are exhausted from it? Mm. Uh, yes, but, does it, but I don't know if that means that they don't want it. <laughs> if that's if that's where that if that's what that question <laughs> yeah. implies, I mean, um, I got to be honest. I think that I, I, you know, I, get, I think I think I think what I'm trying to dr- I think what I'm trying to drill down on is do you do you think that that, that there's more appetite for more o- authenticity, more genuine honesty um, than perhaps a veneered, lacquered, whatever you want to call it, polished, perfect world. Yeah, I think there's a fascination for both. I think that the process in which those celebrities go through the pro—I mean, there's a, there's a process that people certainly um, uh, that has an impact on the beauty economy, on the fashion economy. Mm. Um, their discord for that topic actually fuels the conversation. And I can tell you a couple of shows that I worked on that, you know, there's a thing in television called the Q score and that sort of lets you know what the audience knows about a specific talent. It'll, it'll tell you things like they recognize your face, they know what show you're in, they know your first name, they get you confused, you know, the, all those sort of ways. But there are some characters on TV okay. that are stars that people love to hate. They love to hate them. Dolly Parton, for example. People love to hate on Dolly Parton. for Jessica Simpson. <laughs> when I worked with Jessica Simpson in Newlyweds, the only reason she did Newlyweds is because she was getting compared to Christina and Brittany, Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears okay. over and over again. And she said, I'm not that. I'm not, I'm not exactly what you're saying. I'm not veneers and little and demure. And I have a big, a big voice and I, and I am a Baptist and that's how I identify. And, and we couldn't wrap her head. MTV gave her 30 minutes to show herself. I think we want more transparency 
in every in every area of our life. I think that business is to see and it's funny it's funny what America did with businesses and how businesses can own things and how we can hide behind business infrastructures and businesses own land and businesses own IP as if we don't own those businesses. So this is this this business yeah. economy. I I can throw a lot of parallels between our financial economy right now and this creator economy that you're sort of talking about the shells that what we're hiding behind. I mean, I, there's so many linear. I mean, we learned it. There's this 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 infomercial went out. We learned it by watching you. All right, we learned it. We learned it by watching you. Like there was this, this infomercial as a kid that where, where the child. <laughs> It was an addict and the guy was like, how did you learn how to do drugs? And he's like, from you, dad. I learned it from watching you. So, um, <laughs> and, and I'm seeing this in Gen Z. You know, if you're watching Netflix, you're seeing these shows, these, these 20-year-olds who are lying about uh, Fire Festival, which is a music festival that didn't happen, or uh, Anna Delvey, which oh, is yeah, a, I've seen you know, one. this seen that one. Yeah. fake it yeah. till you make it. You know, they were taught fake it till you make it. I was in the room when people were saying fake it till you make it. I remember when fake it yeah. till you make it had to exist because yeah. we didn't have iPhones to make things. And that changed as soon as we got yeah, the yeah. technology in our hands. Yeah, then you have yeah. to make it so that you can yeah. take it to the next level. Um, so I, th- <laughs> I think it's a, it's a vicious cycle, but there's always going to be, you know, small business, big business, big box business. And you're sort of explaining yeah. the celebrity yeah. version, you know, of that, uh, a market for all. And, and, and mm-hmm. in its economy, they all feed into each other. Um, the gross overuse yeah. of beauty and beauty products and, and the non-sustainable component to it fuels the authenticity and transparency market where we demand to, and this, this is where change comes from. So it's a, it's a, it's not to say a healthy cycle, but yeah. it's connected. <laughs> kind of switch gears to podcasts themselves, if we sure. Can. I mean, obviously podcasts, podcasts are becoming more and more popular, right? I mean, the numbers in the States are phenomenal. Uh, over the pond here in the UK, they're climbing. I think last year, according to The Guardian, uh, the figures rose 73% year on year. Uh, there's, there's projections for big numbers by 2024. Vinny, why do you think that is? <laughs> it's the uh, the growth of the economy. There's two things happening here. One, we have technology and a right. We have rights now that we did not have 20 years ago to own our content that we're creating and publishing. That's a big thing, first and foremost, for, especially for small businesses who understand the value of, of cr- creative content, right? Who, who understand the value of owning content so you can add, throw in your own advertisements, right? A- Amazon created a storefront just so it can sell ads. Not so it could sell things. It was just really good at selling ads. You have to sell things. if you, yeah. People have to buy stuff if you want to give them ads. And ultimately that sort of... So I think there's two things. One, we have um, a technology in our hands that's you know amazing. Um, we're coming out of a time where we're all connecting looking to connect with people outside of our circles. And there's technology that supports that. Whether it's us, like we're doing now across the sea, and this feels like you could be in, in the room right next to me. Um, it could be with technology and text. Now, I can I can text in real time people, have it translated, and, and not have an uncomfortable conversation. I can take my phone, my Google phone out, and take a picture of a menu in Germany, and it automatically translates it to me in English. And I won't, I won't miss a beat. Okay. So technology is, is different now, too. Um, but it, it all comes down to people. Um, I'm really excited about the lots of other millions. Of, I'm from New York, so there's this weird thing where, where people 
from New York tend to think like, here's a map of New York and then there's everywhere else. So I have to be mindful of like what I'm about to say. But I, I never got to work with people so closely in Philippines or in India or in Japan or in Korea, or I've never gotten to work with the way people the way I am now. One, because I worked in television. So there was like a, a sort of a gated community, so to speak. And I'm so glad to be out of that, to be working with people who are passionate about the story. The other thing that sort of fuels my fire is I've seen a, hundreds of millions of dollars get burned in bad storytelling from the network side. From the in, I've seen people spend money on things that didn't they didn't need to spend money on. I've seen it work out and not work out. So I, I try to come into this new creator economy with the experience of being in the room with Ozzy Osbourne, with Ashton Kutcher, with with people who helped make some of the idea, the the decisions that helped create this this economy, and who who also lost. I mean, who, we lost lots of money on Punk. There was lots of things that went wrong, um, and usually it's all about people. To be really honest, it's all it usually comes down to people. So I like helping people yeah. make sure they're successful. I show them how to win awards out of the gate. They don't, you know, podcasters. First off, I love podcasters. We're a special breed. We care. We deliver. We research. We create. We publish. These are these are hard creative skill set to have in a bundle. So I call my podcast. I have a podcast. By the way, a nod to, to Alcoholics Anonymous because I thought. If I meet a podcaster, I want to know because I know I know what that skill set looks like. And if you don't have it, I know that you found people to do that with, and that's the same skill set. Is that same collaborative creator skill set that I that I really connect with? Um, our voices are being heard. Um, we're being represented. I no longer want someone to represent me. I now want to represent myself. But also, big business, big advertising is seeing this too. They're seeing the need for us to want to create content, not necessarily to even watch it. Mm but they're looking at platforms that cater to that. So the more storytellers who want to get up and tell their voice, I can promise you the more platforms will jump up. Um, in the 80s and 90s, we wanted more news. We wanted, we, 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 I remember the conversations, like we want something that doesn't come from the big five networks. That's how CNN and then Fox News started one way and went another and, and all these news networks sort of popped up in the 80s and 90s, MTV in the 80s even. Um, we're in that era now where, where uh, I am not afraid to tell people to create content. There is way more space for us to hang our, our pictures on the walls than, than that's, there's more space being made now than content being made now. And everyone's talking about 4 million podcasts. It's a crowded market. Uh, do you know how many poems there are? Do you know how many songs, how many YouTube accounts, how many YouTube videos? <laughs> and you're going to complain yeah. about 4 million? Like, <laughs> what, does it, what does it take to make you play the lotto then yeah. if 4 million to you is like, <laughs> win, yeah. win. See that yeah. number. No, See how I, small I hate, that, I how many stars, you know, how many, so how many users on yeah. Facebook? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And, and, and when, 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 yeah, I mean, you mentioned Facebook. I mean, look at TikTok, right? When TikTok first came mm -hmm. out, it was like, oh, not another media platform. And then it just went, you know, and it just overtook mm -hmm. everything. But um, I, th I think there's also, I think there's also the, 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 the um, element to, to consider, which is on demand. Yeah, same thing as what you're saying. You know, it's like, you know, we all want a little bit of on demand when we want it, what we want, choice, you know, freedom. Like you say, I grew up in an era in the UK where there was, basically three channels 
you know, uh, there was ITV, there was BBC One and BBC Two. And then all of a sudden this 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 channel, this really cool, hip channel, Channel 4 came out. And I remember waiting up until midnight to watch, I think the first thing they aired was Michael Jackson's Thriller video or something mm. like that. You know, and, and me and my pals stayed up and watched that and it was like, wow, this is Channel 4. This is going to be like the business. And now look at what we've got. You know, we've got everything, right? We've got Netflix, we've got Amazon. We've yeah, got be careful Sky, what you ask for. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah exactly. genie, we've got genie in a bottle. <laughs> genie in a bottle. So... Um, Vinny, based on your experience and, 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 you know, the talent you've worked with over the years and the talent that you see coming through that I know that you, you help support and, 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 and take them to places where they could only dream, um, what differentiates, and, and this is a really expansive question, so you're going to have to do your best to condense this answer, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, what differentiates um, good content good podcast from dare i say poor yeah nothing how about that how about good content and poor content are the same great content matters but good content Ah. good content in my opinion is poor content if it's good if it's pleasable if it's nice to watch if it's easy to consume and zero action comes from it i think that good and bad content are the same great content Content that's highly, you know, shareable. It goes. You, you said earlier, you know, a dream without action. So I, I think that visibility without action is two things. Visibility without action is education. I want, I want, I'm going to expose you to information, and I want you to to soak it in, and then afterwards do your homework. But now it's educating, uh, or entertaining. And entertaining is a tricky one. And I'm not saying anything bad about this. I did this for most of my life. But entertainment is, I want you to watch what I'm doing because what's really important are the ads. So stay tuned because the most important thing about what I'm doing here is making you watch these ads. But if you don't watch the ads, I might, I'm actually going to throw in a special little clip in the middle of these ads to make you stop fast-forwarding the ads so you watch it. Entertainment is you know, about <laughs> selling ads. So, so if that action is share, if exposure times the action of share equals discoverability, then think of all the times that I've seen someone and could go out and buy their album and keep it for myself and share the experience or buy the album and share it with someone else. And I think of Michael Buble came out uh, on, on Christmas and my mom actually thinks she discovered him. She watched a Christmas show. She loved him. In fact, so much, she went to Walmart and she bought 10 of his, his Christmas priced albums that year. And we all got them in our stocking stuffer. He did... He shared, he created these assets. He created these breadcrumbs that allowed her to discover him, to empower her, to be able to be the one who goes to her family. Oh, you're going to love him. He's your age, Vincent, and he sounds like my age, and you're going to love him. And here's the album. It was $5. Here's the album. I bought it for you. All these things that he gave her the power to do. Again, ego and pride. So I want to be mindful of what we're feeding into because social media is truly, in my opinion, all about... Ego and pride is what it, it was. What it fuels off of. Um, so, be mindful of that if you're looking at this from a sustainability perspective. Um, and those pieces matter. You know, those things that we do, those those the way that we create content and allow people to share it matters. So, um, if you're looking at your social media analytics and you're trying to see if something's working or not, the thing that I would probably be looking at are the amount of shares, more so than the amount of saves. Um, but the amount of shares. 
if, if you're a contractor and you're going to call me and I say I'm a, uh, I do lawn man, man, manuscaping, landscaping, landscaping on my own, if I'm a landscape artist and you call me, the, the next thing I want you to do is tell a friend, share my number with your friend. That's more valuable to me than you telling me how great I am to my face. Tell somebody else, share, share that. Networking, right? Or sh- sharing our contacts is like truly one of the best, most valuable things we can be sharing. So um, I think that on social media, yeah. good, con- good content and bad content hand in hand almost. Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And I'm conscious that we haven't got all day to talk, Vinny, and your time is very valuable. And, and, and I'm really uh, privileged to have you on my show. So thank you so much about that. But oh, thanks. Um, let me just ask a couple of final questions and then I'd like to wrap up with how people can find you and, and how they can work with you and, and how, how you can help them, of course. Um, but what do you think about, and, and I've got my own opinion on this, and it's a really interesting opinion uh, and, and I'm happy to share it, but Please. what do you think about podcasters who are coming to the fore now? And we've seen it to a degree with some of the big names who are chart-topping at the moment, when we look back at where they started, were they celebrities? No. Did, 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 this, did this momentum gather because of the content they were putting out, which was, in your words, great content, and it then attracted more people to listen and blah, 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 blah. But how do you feel about... Because I've seen it. I've seen podcasts go out with a celeb endorsement and they fell flat on their ass because it's just oh, yeah. it's just boring content. What is your what is your take on a celebs podcast versus someone like me? Yeah, an average guy who's just who's just putting out some pretty good podcast content in my own personal opinion, but also that of others as well. Um, what, what's your what's your take on what's your take on a celeb versus a non celeb podcast? Yeah, I think it's, you know, um, so a couple of things. One is it really depends on the format of the podcast. Uh, a celebrity sit down interviewing other people, like like maybe like a Dax Shepard's armchair detectives where you have sort of a well-known person who is guiding a conversation about being an armchair detective. Um, and I've worked with, 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 um, with Dax on, on Punk, actually, season one as well. Um, look, celebrities are boring, I'll tell you that innately. We're all people. People are boring. We're all boring, by the way, until you make us do interesting things. Um, my podcast <laughs> is pretty much all celebrity guests, unfortunately. It's all I've worked with in my... In, in, in how, how I'm structuring my podcast is I'm going back and I'm talking to people I've already worked with to make sense of the yeah. decisions that we've made. And the access that I have to these people allows me to drill down deeper. Yeah. So I, I end up having a lot of celebrity guests. Um, I have to be honest, I don't think that it necessarily helped grow um, the audience. Uh, there's lots of places where you can find Mandy Moore being interviewed on the Late Night Show or the Late Late Show, or you can go watch her on the... On Rapunzel, or, or uh, what's not Rapunzel, uh, Tangled, or This Is Us. Like you can go get her. You can go watch them where you want to watch them. The last, the last thing you need is access to a celebrity on a podcast if there's no real access. Um, a lot of lifestyle, I think, comes into play. A lot of it is access. So, so lot, some of it sounds like it may be boring, but I got to be honest. Um, Boring podcasts are boring. Yeah. Uh, how about this? Celebrities might get the first, they may have the benefit of getting you to tune in sooner to give them a try. But if it's dry, it doesn't matter. They're not coming back. Not not a podcaster, not in the podcast space. There's 
you're taking them out of their league and you're putting them in a format where where the rules need to be lean in content. I need to want to tune the world out and be absorbed in your world. And if you're not capable of taking me there, I'm not going to come back. But because you are a celebrity, I might give you a try. So I think maybe that's... And then businesses, of course, recognize the name and maybe there could be some more commercial success because there's brand viability through the name and you know, what you're kind of doing is expanding, you know, that brand. Um, But I think access is the thing that most celebrity brands lean on in the podcasting space, meaning like, here's how I walk my cat. Here's how I wash my dishes. Here's how I, you know, here's how I do yoga in the morning. (laughs) It's it's just a different, right? I know. But that's what the Osborne, that's what, well, that's what the Osborne's did and, and the Kardashians did in the beginning. And Everyone said, why are we watching this crap? Who, who are these people? But they tuned in. <laughs> By the way, they love to hate the Osbournes and they love to hate the Kardashians in the beginning. What a what great example yeah, you got it. You got of it. empowered yeah. celebrities that, that we put through. Um, and that's why we build it. You know, there's this vicious cycle, build them up, break them down. But um, yeah, it's kind yeah. of unfortunately one so, of those things so, that's built into so, us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Vinny, um, thanks again for a great answer. Um, what's next for you then, Vinny? Where, where, oh. where, where does the future look? You know, you, you sit, you sit, you said at the head of this this podcast, you sit and you often dream about next year beyond that five years, blah 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 blah. blah. But what, what's what's it looking like for Vinny Potestivo um, in the next year or beyond that? What is next for Vinny, and what oh, can we that. all look forward to? What, what can we all look forward to happening in Vinny's world? <laughs> um, uh, I'm excited about I'm excited about getting podcasts in the broadcast space. I know that I can take narrow casts and stream them on broadcast and have a tremendous impact. And I can target communities and I can target people and I can share stories in a new way on television that haven't been done yet. I'm excited to help people create really strong podcasts that change what's happening on TV. To be honest, I think that podcasts are, it reminds me of old, of the 80s, MTV in the 80s. You can listen, you can put a podcast on TV, you can be in the room, you know what's on TV, you can be out of the room and still hear what's on TV and still know what's on TV because it's a podcast. Most of the videos, most of the cameras don't change. Uh, And it's the experience, it's the shared experience. Um, Also, I'm spending a lot of time one on one meeting podcasters the same way I did 25 years ago with all the artists who had to come through MTV to be storytellers, trying to do the same thing with podcasters yeah. who, who see the power of story yeah. and community. I'm as leaned in and invested now on us as I was back then with zero expectations, but the nothing but creativity. And I dare me not. Be, the difference be, the di- yeah, the difference being, Vinny, you, don't, you didn't stick that little ad in that little magazine and wait for your, <laughs> your thing there. <laughs> Well, I, no, but to launch my podcast, I went back and called all my friends. That's so funny. No, ironically, you want to know something what's funny about that? Um, so I have a podcast is my podcast where I go back and interview friends. So I didn't, so like, I don't get to have you as a guest on my podcast. So I created, I have a podcast.com as a new form, uh, a new database of independent podcasters as a Google yeah. news verified publisher where I'm literally doing what I did 25 years ago. I'm asking for people's information. 
I'm creating it in a way that I know is impactful. And then I'm putting it out to the world in, in an evergreen way so that when people find it, they know how to take action. And they can do it because I drop in your RSS feed and social links. And what I'm trying to do is, is get people discovered and energy around them, not just audience, but brands also, the, you know, the, the sponsorship component. That's amazing. Well. That's, that's so amazing. I learned a lot from back then. I'm just doing it again. <laughs> Yeah, no, honestly, Vinny. I mean, you know, you you just you're just such a, an amazing guy, an amazing talent, um, and just such energy as well, which is fantastic. And you know, I think um, I, I think you've answered my final question, which was how can people find you? Um, but but just just you know, just in case they missed that point whilst you were talking, <laughs> how can people find you? How can we? How can people? You know, uh, uh, approach Vinny Potestivo and and send you their details and and, and potentially work with you. How can, yeah. how can that happen, Vinny? Look, go to go to these podcast notes. Go go to these podcast notes. You hopefully we'll put some type of contact information. Click the link. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. Um, don't feel like you have to pitch me. I, I don't need to work with people who need something done that like. Um, let, me, let me rephrase that. Let's start off as friends. <laughs> I work really well with friends. I work well in the okay. friend space. There's okay. a high level of trust. So, so even if you have nothing that you want to throw in my way, but you're like, eh, I'd like to have Vinny in my back pocket when that when that opportunity arises. Please reach out and say hi. Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm just Vinny Potestivo at my name at everything. It's hard to read. So again, check the podcast notes. <laughs> Vinny, it's been great having you on. So watch your story. Um, I think your story is fascinating. Thank you for sharing right from those early beginnings, those humble beginnings, when mm. and including when you were told no and you just determined and you still got that in you now. I can I, I sense it. I see it. You know, this this drive, <laughs> the, these dreams that you had, but then you took action. And 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 then working with some great talent over the years, and still now sort of revisiting that and 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 going into a new sphere in the in the field of podcasts and beyond. It's been an absolute pleasure, Vinny. Thank you so much, and uh, I certainly will remain and become a friend of yours. Yes, we're here. Yes, we're here. Thank, Thank you. Very you. Much. I think you'll agree that was quite a story. Join me again for next week's episode of Ian Beaton's. So what's your story? If you enjoyed this episode, it meant something to you, or maybe you think a friend or a loved one might like to listen to it too, go ahead and share it with them. Remember, if you have a story you'd like to share, or perhaps you know someone who does, I invite you to join me on my podcast. I can be contacted by email, web, or social. Thank you. You've just listened to So What's Your Story? <laughs>